0: We do meet um, <clears throat> every Sabbath, and uh, you're more than welcome. Um, for those of you that want to give, there is a, uh, a tab on the um, website that says donate, and you can do that uh, any way you would like to, and, and uh, that would be great to start the ministry here that we're doing. Um Jan, you're the prayer focus, so help me pray for you. You know, um, I am learning how to navigate the waters with some uh, of my parents, my senior parents, and my sister just retired and moved to Arizona, so that leaves me as well. i a big kid in the state, so I just need to um, put on my... Uh, there's some, you know, challenges. So, just that. I get it. Yeah. Totally, totally get it. Wow. Yeah. A lot of us coming to that place. Um, What do you think? We should pray for our nation? Would that be good again? Yes. I think we're actually doing fine right now. You know, we just not We're we'll just accept what? Yeah, we're yeah. Well, so I, we, God is filled oh, with on the throne, so <laughs> that can't work. Yeah. Ah, anyway. we, all, we all have our our ideas. <laughs> <Good thought. laughs> <sorry. Huh>? Anyway, <laughs> one thing we know God is in control. He's He's yeah. He's ruler, and uh, that that that's. That's where our confidence needs to be. you know? Um what, uh, yeah. Uh this last night Jets had some issues with like fluttering with the heart or something, so they think it's anxiety arrhythmia or just be quite We think it's just anxiety, but they did the it? Heart monitor monitor. They didn't do an EKG on her, they just they did, did. Did they really? Yeah, Didn't they, isn't that when they stick the wire in you? No, they, it's the, they do the other one at the top of one. Okay. Yeah. Who? But, so this was uh, done and we'll find results I guess by next week. But. Wow, okay. So right now like, the top on, she has it and it goes away. So they okay. A lot of anxieties. Larry and so. root Larry and Ruth Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Thank Um Anything else? Yes, yeah, Chitton. Um, my uncle Marty had—he uh, had a heart attack at a young age, I and mean, he's been living with a pacemaker for a while. So, one or two days ago, he had a heart attack and a stroke. Oof. This is back in Indiana, and I'm like, she's probably in the sixties, but they are releasing him from the hospital sometime today. Wow working. Like my aunt said he's not out of the woods, so if, keep him in prayer for recovery. And if he doesn't know God, then he knows God. Okay. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So Uncle Marty, got it. And for my anxiety as well. <laughs> 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 I want to pray for our uh, our police and our the people who are out there on the front lines serving. I know that my nephew. I know that they didn't give him any time off. He's a sheriff down in Bellflower, and they just they just keeping them on the clock just all the time right now, just in case. So um, <clears throat> I just want to pray for all them because I know that it must be very weary, very weary for uh, many of our. Officers who are protecting. John. Gladly. Okay. Yeah. My brother Bill. Oh, that's right. Right, 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 right. Okay. John, you good? Okay. Random. Damn. I just I, I wasn't sure I just saw something go up, so didn't know if I wanted to be missing something or not. <clears throat> All right, then let's pray, okay. Father, there's uh, so much, God, that we could be uh um petitioning you about in every one of our lives. Be it our health, our finances, our relationships, God, there's just so much stuff, so much stuff. Um, And Lord, you know it all. It it isn't that you are unaware because you are extremely aware of all the issues in every one of our lives, even stuff we don't even know about. God, and you're working already. You're working on our behalf. And God, we just come and say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the petitions that we will mention. Thank you for the ones that we have forgotten about, that you're still working in, just because that's who you are. Lord, I want to lift up Jan to you, and even as she is trying to navigate this part of life and feeling a little bit of the pressure, God, of, of, uh, of making sure that her mom and dad are okay, God, would you grant her grace, the grace that she needs. I pray also for a, a support system that would uh, uh, come alongside and, and also uh, help navigate this time. Pray for mom and dad that, uh, Lord, their, their health continues. And, uh, Lord, they'd be strong, able to make decisions and, and do the things that they want to do. And, Lord, have real wisdom. Uh, to uh, help make decisions when they can't do the things that they want to do, but I pray give Jan real wisdom here, God, and just just as she uh, navigates in the grace, just to either ask other people to help and come alongside, or bring those people along, God, without even her asking. Lord, we want to lift up our nation to you, and it's uh, it. This has been a extremely strange. Uh, weak and uh, father your purposes are right your ways are true you are just in everything that you do we as people are corrupt we are we're evil God and we that's why we just desperately need a savior and our nation needs you father um, we just pray grace, God, your, your, that darkness would be exposed, Lord, in a way that uh, uh, just destroys the enemy's works. And God, that your truth, your light would uh, shine, God, in, in a way that brings honor and glory to you. Uh, we thank you, God, that um, you are in charge and we aren't Lord I want to lift up Jen to you and I pray that even as she's kind of walking through this time of just feeling the pressure or Lord the things that are attacking her brain that are bringing pressure on her God I pray that you would draw her close to you that father as she uh, looks at you and as she as she spends time with you that God you would keep her in perfect Peace, because that's what your word does and that's who you are and that's what you do Lord and I pray that she would sense your arms wrapping around her your presence near her I pray that she would uh, even during when she's awaiting a test result that Father there'd be such a peace that would come over her because she recognizes that she is yours all yours God and you have a plan and you're going to hold her up so encourage her today. Father, I lift up Shatan's uh, um, uh, uncle, Lord uh, Marty. God, I pray for him even as he's gone through uh, just heart attack, stroke. Lord, who knows what uh, actual things that is brought upon his system. God, I pray for grace. I pray for Shatan's uh, aunt and that, uh, Lord, you'd give her grace to deal with... Um, Just her husband as he comes home. And I pray for strength. God, I pray you do healing. Do miraculous things like only you can do, God. And uh, I I believe that. I believe that you can do incredible, miraculous things. So do them for your glory. And I pray for Shaitan also for her anxiety. That God, she would uh, sense herself being held by you. And uh, in your hands and in your arms of love. Lord, holding her close, very, very near. Lord, lift up uh, our uh, police force that are all around us, be it highway patrol, the sheriff's department. God, the men and women who serve on the front lines, uh, trying to stay back evil. Uh, God, I pray, give them grace. I pray that they would be strengthened by you. Lord, even during this time right now, this shifting time and As um, things are being cut, uh, Father, I pray your grace, God, give them wisdom, give them skills beyond, Lord, what they know. And I pray that you would uh, protect them with your mighty, mighty hand uh, from what the enemy would intend for evil. Father, I lift up uh, John and his family to you, grant grace to them and your peace and your strength and God, encouragement just to look for a new week what you're going to do and excitement about uh, just your purposes and your plans. And Lord, I, I lift up Bill, Rocky's um, brother. I pray for him right now, even as he is in the hospital. And Lord, his um, system is starting to shut down. God, would you give him the strength? Would you uh, gather the family around? Would you, I pray for uh, uh, you would receive, God, great glory, God, through his life. I pray for opportunity for Bill just to be able to share just about who you are your love God your 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 grace to him and I pray that um, uh, people's lives would be touched even during this season Lord And even for your word we just pray for our hearts God sometimes they can be hard Lord but we pray that one they wouldn't be hard uh, like the the ground that when the seed fell nothing happened but the birds took it away, and I pray that it wouldn't be rocky soil, God, where we don't have much root as we hear your word. And Lord, we pray that it won't have a lot of weeds, but God, that our our hearts would be just like plowed up soil, ready for you to speak, God. And that we might respond to what you have to say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. We are uh, uh, continuing on in our... Um, in our study of the book of Exodus, and uh, we are in. Actually, we're going to be going through a few chapters today. Now, there's a lot of tasks in this world that I'm really not willing to take on. I don't. I don't think about them. They aren't part of my bucket list. One of them, I don't want to climb Mount Everest. All right, just don't want to do it. I don't want to ride my bike across the United States. Have no desire. You know, I don't want to be in a triathlon. I'm just not in shape anymore and I don't even want to look at being, doing something like that. I don't want to swim across the English Channel. All right. That doesn't excite me at all. I don't even want to ski from Long Beach to Catalina. You know, that, that, that doesn't sound fun to me. It just sounds like pain and work. All right. <laughs> okay. Now. When I think about going through the law of God, because that's really what we're going to talk about today, the law of God. The, the scribes have, have declared there's probably over 631 different actual laws that are in the scripture. From, from Exodus to uh, Deuteronomy. 631 different laws. And if all of a sudden you were to take one of those every Sabbath... That would be boring as all get out. All right. I just can't even imagine doing that. I have no interest in doing that. You know, but we're going to go through a chunk of scripture because we're from the from from actually Genesis. I mean, Exodus chapter 20, all the way to Exodus 31. God is speaking. The part we're going to look at today is where God is actually speaking to Moses, giving Moses the the law and writing them with his own finger. God wrote them with his own finger on tables of stone. And these are the laws that God gave to Moses to Moses to give to the children of Israel. And we're going to look at these kind of as a whole, because I don't want to go through them one by one, because I think you guys would just be bored to tears. Alright? And it would just be tedious. And like I say, I have no interest in doing that. So, I want to go through, I just want to kind of go through these as a group, and, and kind of go through these laws that God gave to the children of Israel. And we have to recognize, because When you say, okay, God gave 633 different, 39 or whatever different laws. What is that to us? And what are we supposed to do with that? Are we supposed to follow all of these laws to a T? Are we supposed to disregard all of these laws? What does this mean to us? What are we supposed to do with these laws? God gave them for a reason. Why did he give them? Why did he give them? Well, first I want to say that there are different types of laws for different types of circumstances. All right, there's different types of laws that God gave to the children of Israel. First, there is a civil law, a civil law that God gave. God gave, these lines were, were designed to meet uh, uh, the needs in a specific culture at a specific time with, with certain circumstances, all right? These were the laws that God gave to the Israelites to kind of govern them. Remember, the Israelites, they had been slaves for 400 years. All they knew was what was told them. They didn't have their own, they might have had some type of little authority, but not an authority that would actually lead and guide them. And God wanted to give them laws that talked about, you know, uh, what, how to deal with your property. Uh, what things you should and shouldn't eat. Um, mandatory sentencing on, on certain crimes. Um, how to deal with accidental death. You know, and, and every society needs certain types of laws. We all need some certain types of laws. But when we look at some of these laws that God gave to the children of Israel, we kind of go, what? Say, what? What's up with that? You know, like when, when God told the children of Israel, he says, okay, here's the deal. In Exodus 23, we're told that you should not cook a goat in his mother's milk. Say, say what? Yeah, but it was a law God gave them. You know, in Leviticus, God gave them laws about certain types of meats that they weren't supposed to eat. And one of them says, you know, you shouldn't eat pork and and uh, that a lot of the prohibitions about eating certain things were more inclined to, one, health issues for the children of Israel, but also because the other nations of the world were, these animals were used as sacrifices, and they were offered up to other gods, and God was trying to separate the children of Israel from the other nations that were around them. You know, and then as you read some of these um, uh, laws some of the mandatory sentencing may strike all of us as, that seems excessive, right? So, it says, one of the ones in, in Exodus 21, it says, anyone who attacks his father or mother must be put to death. Okay, I had, I had an amen for that one, okay, I get it, okay. All right. <clears throat> anyone who kidnaps another and sells him, or is, still has that person when he is caught, must be put to death anyone who curses his father and mother must be put to death if you have a bull that habitually gets loose and is attacking someone it kills it killed someone then the bull and the owner are to be put to death anyone who does any work on the sabbath should be put to death oh no amens okay wait 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 right if 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 a male or if you have, if a man beats his male or female slave with a rod and the slave dies as a direct result, he must be punished. Doesn't say what the punishment will be. But he is not to be punished if the slave gets up in a day or two. (laughs) You think? These are these are weird, weird laws. And I could go on and on because there's just a ton of them. Like I said, you got six hundred and thirty something, you know, laws, and you think, wow, why are there such strange, strange laws? And and many of these laws had to do with, like I said, they were a brand new nation. Brand new nation. They had to have something to kind of govern them, to rule reign them in, because they they didn't know what was right and wrong. Right? Remember, we, we talked about this when we first came to, you know, the, when God was going to give them the law. They didn't know what the right and wrong things. Some of them were taught to steal. Some of them were taught to lie. They were they were just taught to do things that were wrong, you know. But God now is trying to give them a guideline of how to live. Like I said, many of these laws might seem uh, ridiculous to, to some of us, but... When, when somebody uh, comes against, oftentimes, Christians, they point to some of these laws and say, look at these things. Man, they're so outdated. This is so weird. Why do Christians even believe this stuff? And they point to this. And yet, I thought, well, let me just see if, if one in the United States, if we have some weird laws. Do you think we have some weird laws? <clears throat> Let me just state some of them for you, okay? Here's some weird laws. In Pennsylvania, any motorist driving along a country road at night must stop every mile and send up a rocket signal. Wait 10 minutes for the road to be cleared of livestock, then continue. That's still on the books. You can be legally married by introducing a person as your wife or husband in public three times. Texas. In Arizona, a donkey is not allowed to sleep in a bathtub. That's on the books. It's unlawful to annoy any bird in a public park. Hawaii. All right. It's illegal to get fish drunk. That's, you (laughs) know. All right. (laughs) Ohio. Ohio has that on their books. All right. People who make ugly faces at dogs may be fined or jailed. Alright? Oklahoma. This is in Kansas. If two trains meet on the same track, neither, neither shall proceed until the other has passed. Alright? Any marriage, This is in, now this one is in Rhode Island, any marriage where either of the partners is an idiot is null and void. <laughs> <laughs> I'm moving to Rhode Island. No. In Oregon it's illegal to whistle underwater. <laughs> you know, and you think, okay, these are some weird laws that people have. But those are civil laws and they were made for a certain time at a certain point when certain things were going on that some of us don't have any idea about. Those are civil laws. They're civil laws. And civil laws change with changing circumstances all the time. But some of these are still on the books. Now, there are also ceremonial laws. Ceremonial laws. These laws regulate the worship of how God was saying, this is how I'm to be worshipped. These laws talked about the different clothes that the um, that the priests would wear. They would talk about the different adorning of the tabernacle. They would talk about um, what type of sacrifices were uh, supposed to be issued for certain types of sins, certain types of of, um, failures that people would do. And uh, the thing is that, they they basically teach how God is to be worshipped and how to get back right with God after you've committed sin, after you've done something wrong. Most of the, most all of the ceremonial laws that the Jews had went out with the coming of Christ. They went out with the coming of Christ because Jesus was the perfect sacrifice for all sin for all time. All right? But ceremonial laws are interesting, especially if you start studying them and you realize they all point right to Jesus. They all point to Jesus. And finally, there are moral laws. These laws reveal the standard of behavior that God expects from his people. These laws transcend time and they they are principles of justice, mercy, honesty, respect for what belongs to somebody else, appropriate uh, 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 restitution, uh, respect for parents, appropriate and inappropriate sexual uh, relations, guidelines for marriage, principle for labor, and a whole bunch of other moral things that one every society needs and that are still in effect today. So you have You have the the, the civil law, you have ceremonial law, and you have moral law. You say, well, how do you tell the difference? How do you tell the difference? Well, let me give you a few guidelines. First, if a law or a principle is affirmed in the New Testament, it's a moral law. And the moral law is what I'm saying, that's the one we need to just fall in love with. The moral law. Things that are just right. And if, if so... If the law is affirmed in the New Testament, it's a moral law. Honoring God, adultery, honoring parents, murder, uh, marriage, divorce, telling the truth, uh, stealing. You know, these things were addressed in the New Testament and all of a sudden we recognize these are just wrong. And those are moral law. The moral law is what you and I are supposed to be in tune with all the time. So, if if it's affirmed in the New Testament, it's part of the moral law. It's something we say, okay, this applies to us. If the law is something that was embraced by the early church, more likely it is a moral law. So, marriage, worship of one God. Uh, every, every individual has great value, not only to God, but to us. No stealing, uh, giving, honoring authority, because all authority comes from God. All authority comes from God, and so if a law is something that was embraced by the early church it 's more likely a moral law. If the law makes sense, it is most like more than likely a timeless moral principle if it just if it makes sense all right <clears throat> i can 't steal something that you have just because I want it and because I like it all right it doesn 't make any sense just. Because uh, I, you wouldn't want me to do that to you, you know. Um, I can't just go out and and have sex with another woman other than my wife, because that would make my wife feel very horrible, and my kids, and the church, and everything. And so, you just go. No, it just doesn't make any sense to to do that, right? I can't just go up and slug somebody because they're of a a different political party than I am. Right? Because one, I wouldn't want them doing that to me. And so I realized, okay, this is part of that whole moral law that God gives. The theologian R.C. Sproul says this, we certainly don't want to uh, relativize or historicize an eternal truth of god my rule of thumb we are to try we are to study to try to discern the difference between a principle and a custom and if after having studied we can discern i would rather treat something that uh, may be a first century custom as an eternal principle rather than risk being guilty of taking an eternal principle of god and treating it as a first century custom We need to love God's law. Love it. Love it. Now, why should we love God's law? Well, let me make this statement first. God did not give us the law so that we could be saved through it. You're not going to be saved through God's law. From the very beginning in Genesis all the way through, God said, I'm going to send a Savior. Somebody's coming that's going to rescue you. The law was not given to us to save us. But the law has three purposes. These three purposes are: first, the law restrains sin. It restrains sin by God giving us the moral law. And like I said, I mean, I remember growing up, and and in 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 school, we would have the Ten Commandments on our our, our door when you walked in the door for your for your schoolrooms. That used to be, all right, and so it would just be something that you would see and go, oh, wow, that's that's, that's a law and, and these, are, these are the things that are right and wrong. And it keeps people from sinning more than we do. <clears throat> you know, the law of God, it, it, it points us to something higher than just living at a level. Because if we just live here with no law, what we do, we gradually disintegrate. Every one of us does that. And we gradually dis- degenerate into something worse and worse and worse. Because that's the fourth law or something of thermodynamics that everything goes from order to chaos. And that's what we would if there wasn't a law of God. The law of God is a standard where all of a sudden we say that's where we need to go. That's where we need to go. Consider this. Consider speeding. Alright, consider speeding. In California, we have a speed law. Most places, what's the speed law? How fast can you go? 65. 65. In most, most places, there are some places that have 70. Now, how many of us have ever gone over 65? Don't raise your hands. Alright? Don't, no, don't, don't, you know. Okay, now, but there is a law that is there that one says you're not supposed to go over 65, but many of us have gone over that, all right? Now, we don't drive a hundred miles an hour because we think around the next bend could be highway patrol or CHP or CHP or, 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 or you know some, some policeman is just and we're going to get a ticket. That law is there. The law is there, and what it does, it helps restrain us. For some of us, it restrains us a lot. Some of us, restrains us a little. But it restrains us. And that's what the law does. When we know that God has a law about how we're to live, what we're to do, it helps restrain us. It helps restrain the sin that wants to rise up inside of us. Got it? That part? Okay. So that's one of the purposes of the moral law. Second purpose is that it, it, uh, the law makes us aware of sin and our need for grace. The law makes us aware of sin and our need for grace. When we see the law, we see that God is describing a measure of obedience and holiness that one none of us can attain. The law acts like a mirror and shows us what we are not. All right? Shows us what we are not. You know, with, with, without God's law, without God's law and God's rule, we would continue to go from a good society to anarchy. And that's what some people are wanting to do in our society right now. They want to take us straight to anarchy. You know, in their protests and just thinking that one everything that they do is absolutely correct. It isn't. It's wrong. It's evil. It's evil. Popular opinion is is continually wanting to water down God's righteous standards. Always, always, always. Wanting to take us to something less. And we see it in our our movies. We see it in in advertisements where all of a sudden things, things are becoming more okay with everybody sexual orientations, uh, how many uh, uh, sexual exploits you can have. Uh, the, the movies now are trying to make sure that they're crossing all the lines and, and dotting all the T's and make sure they're doing everything that one is, is, is right in the eyes of man and not in the eyes of God. But God's law tells us the truth that we don't want to hear. Romans 7, 7 says, What shall we say then? Is law, the law sin? Certainly not. Indeed, I would not have known what sin was except through the law. For I would not know, have known what coveting really was if the law had said, You shall not covet. You know, when we read the law of God, we see God's standard of this is what He expects from us. He expects perfection. We went through the Ten Commandments, just went through them. You know, and as we, go, as, as we went through them, just like I know when I went through them, each myself, I thought, I failed at every single one of them, and so have you. Congratulations. Right? Every one of us have failed at every one of those commandments. You know, as far as Jesus is saying, because a lot of it just is our heart attitude and one, because we just can't. And so we realize that one The only person that ever followed God's law perfectly was who? Jesus. Jesus. He's the only one that ever followed God's law perfectly. And so when it says that when God desires perfection, we don't look at ourselves. We don't look at how good we keep the law. We look at Jesus. And it shows us our need for him in our lives. Because all the more every day when we see the law of God and realize how we have failed where we've blown it, we realize I need a Savior. I have got to have a Savior. Got to have somebody that is going to take my place because He is the only one that does. He's the only one that was without sin. Paul says it again in Galatians. He says, For the law was put in charge To lead us to Christ. That we might be justified not by our works, not by keeping the law, but by Jesus. You know, so the law was put there so that one, we would know that's what we need. Let me give you an example. Consider all the guidelines that are set up about what is an acceptable cholesterol level in your life. right? The ideal weight, the appropriate amount of fruit and vegetables, you know, um, the amount of water that we drink every day. We have all those guidelines telling us what we need. But there needs to be an awareness that one, I need to follow those things because my cholesterol level is high. But I need to know what what are the guidelines in order for me to make a change. I need to know that, oh, that's what I need to do. I need to drink more water. I should be having more fruits and vegetables. Oh, that would help my cholesterol go down. All right? God's law helps us see the truth about ourselves. When I see it says, you know, that one, stealing is when you when you uh, take somebody else's idea and you claim it for your own. Stealing it, or, or, or adultery er, is when, when I actually look on another woman with lust, you know, All these things, they help me see that, oh man, I I, I want to get away from that because it's wrong. And I want to do what is right. And that's one of the reasons we need to love God's law. Because it leads us right to Jesus. Makes us want to be more like Him. Third, the law reveals the heart of God and the duty of man. So the third purpose that I believe the law has is one, it teaches us about God's heart. It shows us this is what God considers right behavior. This is what God considers, this is right behavior that we need to have. This is how God desires our lives to look. Now we realize we can't look like that all the time. And we realize that we fail often, often, right? And I'm not trying to keep the law to go to heaven. Because the law won't get me to heaven. Jesus gets me to heaven. But I see it as something that one, God wants me to do. And so now, I don't do it because I don't want to get punished. I do it because he loves me. He loves me and he's done so much for me. You know, So now I do things because one, I want to follow God and yet I still continue to fail. And when I fail, I realize that one, the law doesn't have that same condemning power that it did over me before because I got Jesus in my life. The law can't beat me with my failures any longer because Jesus died for all my sins and yet still I want to do the right thing. I want to do the right thing. Jeff Bridges, he writes this in one of his books. He says this, he says, Some people believe that under grace we have been freed not only from the curse and the condemnation resulting from breaking the law but also from the requirements of the law as a rule of life. They believe that to insist on obedience as a requirement for a Christian is to teach legalism instead of grace. He says, I believe such a view is a misunderstanding of grace. God's grace does not change the fundamental character of God's moral law. Legalism is to seek justification and good standing with God through the merits of works done in obedience to the law instead of by faith in Christ. The fundamental character of God's law is not changed. What is changed is our reason for obedience. Under grace... Obedience is a loving response to salvation already provided in Christ. In other words, if you want to know how to please God and just live in your life, follow God's law. Learn his law. Live by his law. Don't trust in it for salvation, but all of a sudden, I'm just doing stuff because God, you love me. A practical example of that would be, let's say, a a student in school. The student goes to school and and especially, you know, a college student, they go go to class and all of a sudden they realize, they, they find out, what is it that I need to do to get through this class? They'll start spitting out the right answers, they'll start saying the right things, they'll start behaving properly in class because one, they want to get that grade, they want to get Whatever they have to do to basically make it through. But as a student is in that classroom, all of a sudden they begin to understand the teacher. They begin to understand this teacher is just like them, just got likes, dislikes, and all of a sudden they begin to have this affinity towards the teacher. And they say, wow, this person's a real person. They, they, they care about me. They care about what I'm doing. And so now all of a sudden... That same student is still trying to get A's and B's and they're still trying to spit out the same information. But now they're doing it from a different motivation. They're doing it because now of a sudden I admire this teacher. I admire what they're doing for me and they're trying to help me. And all of a sudden you see them not only trying to do better because one, they know it's going to get them what they want. But they're doing it for the teacher and they're doing it because now all of a sudden they found this affinity towards the teacher and they're trying to encourage others not to misbehave in class also. Because all of a sudden their attitude has been changed inside. They still want the same thing, but now their motivation is different. Do you understand that? <clears throat> That's the difference between trying to be saved by the law and seeking to please God by just obeying the law. Behavior may be the same, but the motivation is different. So then we come to the age-old question. <laughs> so what? <laughs> what's that mean for me? What? Well, so what's that got to do with me, Jim? What's, what's that got to do with me? Well... My hope is that, one, this, is, this, I, 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 it, this should make a difference in our lives. I hope that, one, that in our discussion, it reminds us that, one, we are dependent on the grace of God for salvation. We are dependent on the grace of God for salvation. I dare to say that probably every one of us in here right now, we're trying to live life the best that we can. We're trying to do the very best that we can. We realize we goof up. We realize we fail God's law. But you know, we're trying to do it the best we can. But we're not, we realize that we're not going to get to heaven because we're doing the best we can. We're going to get to heaven because Jesus died for our sins. We're not trying to get to heaven on the works of merit like the Muslims or the Buddhists do. You know, where everything is by merit. That one, the good outweighs the bad. That's not, that, that's not our, our mindset. You know, our mindset is one, God has a standard, it's a holy standard, and yes, we want to try to live by it, but it's not what we are saved by. We're saved by grace, through faith, not of works, that nobody can boast, right? But I still want to do things that please God. So a second thing that I hope is that, one, you'll read the law. You'll read the law of God. I hope that you'll read it. You read, read through it. I mean, I, I, I've read through it a number of times, you know, in my, in my own history, just through uh, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. You know, and, and some of it gets very boring. Some of it gets very tedious. Some of it is, is you, civil laws and, and that, don't, that don't have anything to do with what I'm doing now. And so a lot of that stuff you just kind of skim through. You know, but there are certain laws that all of a sudden they speak to me about areas in my own life. Of how to live, how to treat people. You know, the, the law urges us to one, respect others, to honor God. You know, be honest in our dealings, be compassionate towards the poor. To be diligent, you know, in, in avoiding the occult and any any form of, of, of witchcraft and wickedness and stuff like that. And, and, and not to let other things become idols in my life. <clears throat> God has a purpose for his law. The purpose that he wants for us is one, to embrace it. To say, God, it, it works. You know, when I follow it, I please you. You're, 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 you have favor because I'm doing what you want me to do. Not because I'm wanting that or I think that that's going to get me closer but because it's just how you're wanting me to live in treating other people, in my motivation, in what I do. You know, and hopefully we can say like David said in Psalm 119, Oh, how I love your law. It's my meditation day and night. Oh, how I love your law. <clears throat> Let's pray. Father, There's there's tons, Lord, in your law. And I know it's your standard, God, by how you would want us to live to where we would live as your holy people, set apart, different from the rest of this world. And Lord, we pray you would teach us your law. Teach us your ways, O God, that we might walk in your truth. Unite our hearts to fear your name. And we'll praise you, oh God, all of our lives forever and ever. Teach us to love, God, what you have written, because it's for us, for our benefit, for our wholeness. Lord, and and, uh, thank you that you sent Jesus. Thank you that he died for us. Thank you that uh, he fulfilled every bit of the law. Let his life live in us. The Father in us, Lord, we would be examples in this world of Jesus to other people. Amen.